So like Brad said, um, I'm Jared, if you guys know me for some reason. Um, I'm a student at Millard North, and um, Trevor and I, um, he's in the crowd, he's looking at me, uh, we, we will be doing a three-week series. Um, I am first this week, and the series is called Relationships Greater Than Your Religion, and over these next three weeks, we will really unpack what this means, um, and tonight we're focusing on one part of that, and um, in terms of the relationship is greater than your religion. Um, some, sometimes we just don't really have a great grasp of what a relationship is with God, and um, we just focus too much on what, what the relationship, we focus too little on what the relationship is for us, and uh, too much on the religion aspect, and uh, this really means uh, following the rules, making sure you don't sin, um, and screwing up can really hurt your relationship with God is, is what is in your eyes. Um, if you're focused on, on the, rela uh, the religion part of it. And um, we want to um, address this, Trevor and I. It's not, like, it's not like the sermons that everyone else has done in the past is a bad thing. It's just um, the reason we want to do this sermon and focus more on the relationship is because we don't feel like um, Christians really get a very good idea of what the relationship is or what it means to them. And um, we want to help people realize what this is and uh, we don't want people to uh, live their life as Christians who want to live for God. Like, we want the relationship part involved. And a lot of times, people who um, consider themselves Christians don't even have that relationship part very healthy. A lot of it is, is how can I be perfect? Um, what can I do today to avoid sin? Looking too far ahead um, in terms of, of how you can be perfect. And so much of it is, is reliant on yourself. And that's why we want to work on the series because because we feel like um, whenever we listen to them and it may be a good and it may impact us in a really good way but um, a lot of times we go home and we think okay I'm really motivated to not sin this time I'm not going to fall into temptation I'm not going to be tangled up in life and um, you know I can have a great relationship with God because I can rely on myself is essentially what you're saying because so much of it is relying on yourself and so th that's the reason um, we wanted to do this series. So, so before I begin, I ask you to join me in prayer here. Dear Lord, thank you for allowing me to speak tonight. And uh, I thank you that everyone got here safely. And I pray that every word that I say will come from you, not myself. And um, whatever you want me to speak tonight, I pray that it would impact those in the crowd who need it. And um, I pray that we just have a very smooth sermon and you help me get your point across. Amen. So tonight, the main point that I want you to remember for the series um, is your relationship is greater than your past sins. And um, your past sins really affect how we approach our relationship with God, um, how we view our past sins, um, the effect it has on us, um, whether or not we struggle with those things. And um, it's, it's really important to remember that in a relationship with God, um, our relationship with God himself is much more important than those past sins. And and I think that's important to realize um, when, we're, when we're looking at a healthy relationship with God. And so we will look at a few passages to um, see what this looks like. Uh, but before we open our Bibles, I want to accre create this analogy for you. And so I get to use this handy-dandy marker board here. So um, the Bible describes your life with God as kind of like running a race. So you here... That is you. 
and here is the track you're running on. So this is you going through life, and at the end, this is, this is the finish line. This is what God's end goal is for your life. This is what you're going towards. This is the grand prize that the Bible talks about that you should strive for. And down here are everything involved with your past. And so all of this includes your sins. This follows you throughout your entire life. You cannot avoid this. This is your past. This is all your past sins. These are hurdles you have overcome in the past. And a lot of that really gets in the way of, of you running this race. You want to stay on track, and sometimes, sometimes these um, past sins, these hurdles, really get in the way. And um, you, 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 want to, you want to be able to move forward, especially living with all these past sins. And um, sometimes, sometimes you feel like you have to overcome these again and again and again. And what happens, sometimes these sneak up. Sometimes when you're running a race, you have to overcome the same hurdles over and over and over again. Often you feel like, it, it really consumes your mind because that's all you can think about all the time is these hurdles that you have overcome or have to overcome again and, and it, it becomes so stressful for you and you can't get them out of your head. Um, an example of this is, I, wa I, want, I want you to think about something here. You have this in your head, but also think about this. I want everyone right now to stop thinking about a red polar bear. Don't think about it. Don't think about a red polar bear. The color red, don't think about it especially not a red polar bear. How many of you even thought about a red polar bear before that? Like, probably none of you even, even that, that probably never even processed in your head. Like, you had no idea that I was even gonna say that. That was not something that you, you thought about before. But once I brought up the red polar bear, that's all you could think about. And that's the same way with these hurdles. Sometimes if you think about this too much, um, it, it really, clouds your mind. That's, that's all you can think about. It fills up your head all the time. And it gets worse when you try to try to get those things out of your head. When you try to get them out of your head, that's when they're put out in front of that because you feel like you have to overcome them again. And you're really consumed with guilt because you, like, you feel like you're not perfect. And, and hurdles, you're not going to, they're not even easy. Like, I don't know how many of you are on the track, but I, I, it's really impressive when I try to see people running, running track and, you know, they overcome all these hurdles. And it's like, I, ca I can't even do that. Like, I can't even run that fast. <laughs> if, if you tried to race me, honestly, all of you probably beat me because I am, I am slow. I'm not athletic. Um, but um, you, you, you keep having to continually stumble over so many hurdles. And um, you, this is not the point of the race. The point of the race is not to overcome hurdles that you've already had to deal with. Those things are in the past. And if if you keep putting those in front of you, you're not going to have a very good sense of direction because you're, you're focused too much on overcoming these hurdles. And the, the people who want to win, the Bible also talks about needing to win the race, running as if you want to win the race. Um, the people who, who run the race to win, um, they, they will overcome these hurdles, though not easy, and, and they'll realize their mistake, acknowledge it, and then keep it behind them. 
It'll keep these hurdles behind them and continue forward towards the end goal. Now, I want you to open your Bibles to Philippians 3, verses 13 through 14. And it should also be up on the screen. Yeah, okay. It says, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus Christ. Now what that's saying, is it, it's really relating to this racing analogy. Because when you run a race, you want to be able to strain forward. And everything that you have to overcome, you keep that in the past and you don't look at it. Um, you want to look heavenward and you want to... That you want that in your mind, not all these past sins. And again, some of you may put these hurdles in front of you yourselves. This is an issue you struggle so hard with. And, and it's, it's tough because you're doing such a good job. But you, what you do when, when you have to put all these hurdles in front of you just to overcome them, that, that really makes you lose focus of your goal. And there are a couple reasons that you may put hurdles in yourself, whether subconsciously or, or you realize you do it yourself but you don't know how to deal with it. Um, the reasons you lo lose focus on the goal ahead and put these hurdles in front of you, one of them can be a guilt issue. You're so guilty about something you've already had to deal with, something you've already overcome. Um, you, you think about it way more than you actually do need to and um, you blow it, blow it way out of proportion and and blowing it out of proportion, I don't know if, if any of you've done that like with something like that. Like say you have a math assignment and and it's really not that big, but but it stresses you out because it it may determine a lot of your grade, and you totally blow it way out of proportion, thinking you can't do this. Um, you you'll fail school. You'll start thinking so many different things, and that's kind of what it, what it's like here, is because you just you think you have to overcome it again and again and again, even though that hurdle has been in your past for so long. It'll follow you, yes, because you can't escape your past. You can escape how you think about your past, and. That's, that's what this whole guilt issue is, is you're not letting yourself escape how your past affects you. And you, you just can't stop thinking about it. Just like the red polar bear. I don't know how many of you are still thinking about the red polar bear, but we've moved on from that. So, um, Another issue that, that may cause you to uh, put these hurdles in front of you is maybe a pride issue. It may be because you think you think you have to earn God's favor or you think, um, you know, you have to be perfect in order to have a relationship with God. Um, that's a lot what religion tells us. That's what a uh, religion-centered relationship with God looks like because you're focused so much on being perfect. You're focused so much on um, what can I do? Um, how can I fix myself? Um, how, how can I rely on myself to be perfect in order for God to love me? That's not at all what God wants you to be thinking about. Um, it's, it's this pride issue, um, it can really get to you, and, and pride is never a good thing. Um, you all you want to boast at all, boast in the Lord and for things he's done for you. Um, you never want to, you never want to rely just on yourself, and re having a relationship with God is never about relying on yourself. Uh, rely on yourself a little too much, uh, you may deviate from the path. And, uh, now we're going to look at... First uh, Corinthians nine twenty four through twenty seven. It talks about race towards the goal. Verse twenty four. 
Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict, they do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, do not run like a man running aimlessly. Do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to us, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. And the prize that they're talking about here, the crown that they're talking about that lasts forever, is this up here with God at the top at the end of the track. God is at the end of the there, and it's the, it's the grand prize that you need to go for. Um, and this verse is saying you need to run in a way to strain towards this prize. Um, you, you should not be running to come in at least third. I don't know that, but you, you're not running to come in at least third or, or just place. You're, you're running in order to win first place, God's grand prize for you. Um, but when you're running the race, you may have the tendency to not only put the front of you, but pay more and more attention. You may end up diverting all of your attention behind you, and, and you know it consumes your mind so much that you do a complete 180 in a way that you're running backwards. I don't know how many of you have tried running back, but you have absolutely no sense of direction, and this is what happens when you try to have a relationship that's completely re reliant on, on um, running away from sin and, and instead of running towards God. Um, this sense of direction, running backwards, you may be running away from your sin, your past sins for a while, but if you end up turning around, try to turn toward God, you may realize you're way off on the side not even close to the track anymore. You're, you're, you're still there. You haven't accomplished anything. You're probably not any closer to the end goal. Um, you need to run with the end in mind. And so this means having a sense of direction that God gives you. Um, you need to run the race with the end in mind. But why does this all matter? What's the point of following the path to achieve this end goal? Why can't you just ignore the hurdles? Why can't you just live your life by yourself and carve your own path? Well, you can't run your race alone. You often can't over hurdles by yourself. And this means having a coach. This coach would be God and his Holy Spirit helping you run the race. He's the one who gives you direction and a reason to run the race. And it's not only important to run for your coach and run the race for him, but you also need to have a healthy and lasting relationship with your coach, with God, who happens to just be the creator of the universe. And this relationship is one that you carry all the way through the race. And part of keeping a, a healthy relationship really involves, um, it involves your past sins more than you think, but in a positive way. And this, this is all about what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is letting your own past sins go. Forgiveness is forgiving yourself and other people when they do you wrong. Now you may think um, every time you screw up, every time you, you trip over a hurdle that you think you're able to overcome, but you're not. You think the coach is mad at you, but he's not. The thing is, God has already forgiven you, so you need to forgive yourself. That's what this is all about, because forgiveness is essential in having a relationship healthy, and keeping a relationship healthy what is all about, he's already forgiven you. You don't need to worry about forgiveness from God. He's already forgiven you, and he just wants to have a relationship with you. He wants you to hold out, he, he he's holding out his hands, and he wants you to grab it so you, that you can enjoy a lasting relationship with yourself. And that often letting go everything holding you back, which in this case can mean your past sin. And I know forgiveness is not easy. I've had my experiences with forgiveness, and it's not the easiest thing in the world. But 
when, when you do forgive, it's, it's, a, it's such a good feeling when, when you can just let things go. It's like, it's like a breath of fresh air. You've got 200 pounds on your back, and you can finally just let it go because you're able to forgive. This is an overwhelming feeling that you're able to feel. And like I said, forgiveness is not easy, and having, finding this overwhelming feeling is, is not easy. I'm not saying it is, but it's, it's so good to practice forgiveness um, in the simplest of ways, in the most difficult of ways. Um, forgiveness is, is vital to the health of a relationship. And um, an example of this that I want you guys to think about is we're going to turn to John 8. 3 through 11. Now, this is the story, which I'm sure all of you have heard. It's, it's all about the woman who was caught in adultery. And you can read a lot of that part first, but I think the important verses are on the board there, 7 and 10 through 11. Um, so af- after, after the, uh, the uh, Pharisees are bothering Jesus and so much, um, Jesus straightens up after they're questioning him, and he says, If any one of you is without sin... Let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Now what this is saying is that he, he's, he's pointing out this, that all of them have sinned. All of them have made a mistake. And, and he's, he's acknowledging that. And he's like, none of you are perfect. Why are you condemning her? She could be condemning you all for something you all did. Jesus, excuse me, Jesus is not even condemning any of them. He's pointing out that um, none of you are even perfect. And so, you know, trying to condemn this woman is is almost pointless because you know none of them it's not like any of perfect and um after they all eventually leave jesus in verse 10 straightens up and he asks her woman where are they has no one condemned you no one sir the woman says then neither do i can jesus declared go now and leave your sin this is this is this is saying that he want, Jesus wants to have a relationship with her, and he wants her to keep all those hurdles in the past. He wants her to be on track, keep running the race all the way to the end. And he, d- he doesn't want her to be consumed with, with sin. He doesn't want this to be on her mind so much because he has forgiven her. This is such a big deal because the creator of the entire universe forgives this woman for something that is probably was probably a huge deal like it's a big deal now but back in the day it was huge it was law the the punishment was death and he forgives her and tells everyone like you don't need to be condemning this woman and that's what that's what the whole point of a healthy healthy relationship with god looks like because it's it's god-centered and you can focus more on the relationship instead of holding things against each other you can forgive each other and I want to end with this question. After hearing all of this, what kind of relationship with God? Is it God-centered where you're focused more on the health of the relationship and um, you, know, you, have, you, you have conversations with him all the time and forgiveness just comes easy? Or is it religion-centered where you're focused on being perfect and for God to love you? Um, you're focused so much on the rules and being per- good enough for your religion. Um, before I go, I want to give this analogy in your head, and I'll give it real quick. Um, so imagine all of you are living on this land, and it's owned by a landlord. Now, you pay debts to this landlord. You pay, pay fees to live on this land, and every time you do something like 
start farming some of the land, you have to pay a little bit more. Well, after time, you may accumulate so much debt, it's completely overbearing, and you're exhausted, and it really stresses you out because you want to take care of all this debt. Well, the landlord sees this, and um, his, he sends his son to come visit. And the landlord's son tells you, um, don't worry about it. Don't worry about the debt. Like, I have covered all of your debt. I am paying off everything you owe right now. And on top of that, I'm going to keep paying every single debt you accumulate from now on. Now, I want you to think about what your reaction would be. Would it be, okay, cool, free pass. I can do whatever I want. There's no, nothing, there's no way I have to compensate. Like, is, is that the act you want to have? Or do you want to have an attitude of, of worship and you have an attitude of, of um, you're, you're, you're relieved and so you become friends with, with the landlord's son and um, avoiding accumulating is a good thing, but honestly, you're not going to avoid it. Like, this is unavoidable. You cannot avoid accumulating debt because you're living on this land. But the thing is, the landlord's son is wealthy enough to take care of any sort of debt that you may accumulate. So I want you about... Um, that whole thing and what your reaction should be and what sort of relationship you have with God. Okay. Join me in prayer now and we can go to life groups. Dear Lord, thank you for allowing me to talk tonight and I pray that this message got across to those who needed to hear it and uh, I pray that we all have a good time in life groups and uh, we do some additional learning there that everyone has a safe drive home.